Alright, podcast on, <laughs> video on, gonna get started here in a minute after I hiccup, uh, start here in a minute. I was uh, watching the uh, Jimmy Dore, D-O-R-E, he's my favorite liberal, it's uh Jimmy Dore podcast or Jimmy Dore show on uh, YouTube, and uh, he's a, he does he's doing his comedy tour again now that uh, the lockdown nonsense is over. But he's uh, he tells it down the middle, and he says a lot of things I don't like, which is something that I like because I like to be challenged. Uh, it always seemed like with this uh, Russia, Ukraine uh, fight, there was something more, something underlying going on here. And the, the media doesn't tell you, Twitter doesn't tell you, Facebook doesn't tell you, obviously. Um, you know, what what's really going on? And you got to find your own narrative, your own, uh, your own answers a lot, a bit. Now, we know that Russia does not want NATO expansion any closer to its border. Uh, is that the only real reason they went into Ukraine? Um, all these things. So I made some bullet points. I did some more research on my own, uh, and I'm gonna get into that, man. What? While we're thinking about what is with these gas prices, um, you know, a lot of what you see at the pump is based on the amount per barrel, but the amount of oil being produced and used hasn't really changed. Like in years past, OPEC would cut back production to increase their uh, profit per barrel. Right now, what we're seeing is the speculation market. Oil is selling on the speculation market at over $100 a barrel. This is why... When we say open up the Keystone Pipeline, open up fracking, that will knock down the speculation market and knock down the price per barrel. Okay, so that's something you kind of got to understand. I saw gasoline jump 20 cents like Tuesday or Wednesday in Ohio here. And then Thursday, Thursday morning, it was at three sixty nine a gallon. I went. It was early in the morning because uh, I couldn't sleep, so I went out to get uh, a a drink or something. Uh, anyways, I went to the the gas station sheets to get a fancy whatever. You don't care. Uh, some iced coffee thing. Because that's what you do when you can't sleep. You drink espresso and. You know, a bunch of flavored sugary shit, right? Uh, anyhow, 
So I went to the gas station at like, you know, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Then I went to work and did my things, and I came back at like 5 in the afternoon, and the gas went up another 10 cents. I'm like, what the frick happened in, you know, a couple days that it went from like three thirty, uh, $3.20 or $3.19 last week to three sixty nine this week. I mean, we're talking almost a daily or every other day jump in price. You know, and then like a 12-hour jump span, it jumps in price. Like, jeez, whiz. So anyways, that's just something to think about. Um, our Congress and our President won't do shit to help the little people, so it doesn't matter. Um, there were some good follows on Twitter, I found. Um, out of this episode of the Jimmy Dore YouTube show, uh, there's a guy named Daniel Dumbrill, D-U-M-B-R-I-L-L. Uh, he's at Daniel Dumbrill. I'll link these in the Rumble description. I have a whole page of links I've, I'm going to copy and paste. But um, another one is a guy named Aaron Mate, Aaron A A A. <laughs> Too many A's. Aaron A-A-R-O-N-J-M-A-T-E. At Aaron J. Mate on Twitter. So follow them if you want to get some other uh, ideas and other sides to some of these uh, things that the mainstream media is not telling us about. Or to another side to the Russia... I think it's being called the, the Russo-Ukraine War... I guess is what they've decided to name this. I don't know. The battle for Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we'll get into some of these other things. There's some interesting stuff out there you're not being told. Let me light up and then we'll get to it. Alright, so I started to daydream there for a minute. Listen to a little Johnny Cash poem, The Ragged Old Flag. I don't know, I got a little background music going for you. Uh, for when I take a pause and daydream or something. So, uh, there's some history behind this Russia-Ukraine conflict. This did not start in February with an unprovoked, un unsolicited attack. It's been building for a while, okay? So, let's look a little bit here. Um, one thing, Ukraine used to be a part of the Soviet Union. Uh, it was known as the breadbasket of Russia. Now, what's that mean? Because some of you are young and don't fucking know. Uh, what happened? You know, just like the United States 
like Nebraska and Iowa and uh, the Midwest is the breadbasket of the United States. It's where we grow our grain and our corn. Well, that's what Ukraine was for Russia, uh, the Soviet Union, Russia. And that's a big deal. Grain is very tradable on the world market. It's used to make a lot of different foods. Um, so that's one thing. That's really not what led to this conflict. That's just a little history behind the USSR and Ukraine. The uh, United Soviet Socialist Republics, or Soviet Socialist Republics, whatever, USSR. Um, so back in 2008, Ukraine, you know, now independent of Russia for many years, wants to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, otherwise known as NATO. Now, back in the 1990s when the Soviet Union collapsed and there were different leaders in Russia and different leaders in the United States and Ukraine, obviously, the Ukrainians gave their nuclear missiles, which they got from Russia, they gave their nuclear arsenal back to Russia. In return, Russia would not invade Ukraine. You've probably heard this. Now, also, in exchange for Russia saying we will not invade, there would be no new NATO expansion. Capiche? Comprende, compadre, mi amigo. So, this is all, you know, pre Vladimir Putin. This is, you know, uh, who was in charge of Russia back in. May Boris Yeltsin, Baba Clinton, uh, God only knows who was in charge of Ukraine. Uh, but Yukis are pretty, they're proud people. Now, there are a lot of. Uh, Russian people that identify as Russian who live in Ukraine, but I think they hold their loyalty to the state of Ukraine or the nation of Ukraine. Um, and Russian, the Russian language is one of the main languages of Ukraine. All right, that's just something to keep in mind. This is not a totally autonomous nation. Uh, they have their sovereignty, their autonomy, whatever you want to call it, but they do have uh, a history and a tie with Russia from, you know, the 50 years or so uh, post-World War II of uh, Russia and the Soviet Union, the Soviet bloc, as they used to call it. So in, 2000, in 2014, we have a MAPS a membership something plan <laughs> for the Ukraine to join NATO. Russia is not happy about this, remember? You give up your nuclear weapons, no NATO expansion. Well, now there's a possibility there could be a NATO nation right on the Russian border. This is under Barack Hussein Obama or Barry Satoro.
so what happens, Russia annexes Crimea. Just a thumb and middle finger to NATO, the world. Hey, we can still do what we want. And we're going to put a barrier between uh, the Rush, mother Russia and NATO. And it's going to be Crimea. All right. So after that, or at that time, Ukraine and Russia have basically been in a, a minor war that none of us have ever heard of. And it's been ongoing. And Ukraine has been shelling, bombing this uh, territory known as Donbass. I guess that's how you spell it or pronounce it. Uh, I found it online and it's spelled D-O-N-B-A-S. Ukraine has directly been bombing this area since 2014. Okay? And there are people in Donbass that say that this is a uh, neo-Nazi-led genocide of the Donbass region. And there are articles out there you can find, and I, I link a video in the description uh, about the neo-Nazis in the Ukrainian government and how you want to take that, you know, obviously we don't like Nazis or neo-Nazis here, so something a little strange going on there. Uh, but, okay, so like I was saying, Ukraine has been directly involved in this bombing and this war in the Donbass region. Russia is backing Donbass separatists. Okay, just like they backed um, the separatists in these two regions of Ukraine that they, the Russians initially invaded. Uh, they're saying, well, we're, we're a peacekeeping force here in these two uh, provinces that want their separation from Ukraine. And so then we're going to invade the rest of Ukraine while we're at it. <laughs> Interesting. So, where, pardon me, where does this take us to? Let's talk NATO, excuse me, NATO expansion for a moment here. I had a little frog in my throat. Let me, let me gulp some water to get the frog out of my throat. How do you get a frog into your throat? And how does drinking water get it out? That's what I want to know. Anyhow, now I'm back in bet normal bad speaking voice. So, let's look at this. Noam Chomsky, someone who I normally do not agree with at all, brought up a good point, however. Um... NATO was formed to protect uh, the allied side of Germany, the western side of Germany, and uh, western Europe from an attack by the Soviet Union, okay? After the Soviet Union collapsed in... 
2000 or you know, 1989 to 91 era, and it's collapsed throughout the 90s. Um, why did we need a North Atlantic Treaty Organization? Why did we need NATO is what Noam Chomsky asks. And of course he goes uh, into an anti-American uh, sentiment talk. You know, well, you know, NATO is just there to fight the United States proxy wars and this and that. You know, the only time I totally remember the uh, NATO being used to, uh, as an excuse, and really it was mostly American troops, so you can't really say they're fighting a proxy war for us, but uh, when there was the genocide going on in Bosnia, Herzegovina, sorry, I haven't pronounced that one in 25 years, um, in Sarajevo and, and these places, um, Bill Clinton went to the United Nations and said, hey, you guys got to step in here. There's, you know, genocide going on in this country. Uh, and NATO, uh, the UN Security Council said, eh, nah. So Clinton went to NATO and said, all right, look, we need you guys to declare something here so I can send some airplanes in to bomb the shit out of this um, was it Slovenon Milosevic, I think? Uh, I, we got to get this Milosevic guy that's committing genocide and stop him. So, to Noam Chomsky's point, that's the only time I remember NATO being activated to go uh, after someone for the United States. But really, it was the United States using NATO's, uh, NATO voted to let the United States blow some shit up and stop genocide. But anyhow, I do see Noam Chomsky's point. Why did we need NATO after the collapse of the Soviet Union? There was always that fear that Russia would somehow uh, regroup and try to retake Europe. And they kind of have, uh, they want to, you know, Putin wants to expand and get back to the glory days of the, the Soviet Union. Uh, is that realistic? Not really. I mean, Russia is a huge, huge country. A lot of it is uninhabitable, but they have the ability uh, to move their military around very quickly and very uh, easily to cover a lot of ground and get on the doorstep of a lot of people. Uh, you know, some ignoramuses uh, forget, you know, Russia, there's a point in Russia that's only 53 miles from the tip of Alaska. It's called the Bering Strait. And, you know, Russia can put troops up there. Russia has aligned a lot of troops along the Antarctic, which... I guess they're claiming the Arctic, which is a, has a huge plethora of oil and natural gas under that, under those melting glaciers. That's interesting. Hmm. So, 
NATO. Let's look at some here. What's the big deal about NATO expansion? Why does NATO want to expand? Why does the U.S. of A. want NATO to expand? Oh, well, we got to secure the world from the commies, right? Yeah. I don't know about that. But when a nation joins NATO, they have to spend a certain amount of their budget, which Donald Trump infamously pointed out they usually do not. You have to spend a certain amount of your budget on military. Your, uh, well, your contributions to NATO have to be, I think it's like 2% of your gross domestic product. But you have to buy military weapons. Who's the biggest arms dealer in the world? The United States. You get your military hardware from the United States. So that could be a reason why the United States is really into NATO expansion. Our military industrial complex uh, will make money from this. A little here, a little there, just to keep them going until they can instigate another big war. So that's something to be thinking about. These military weapons that, say, Ukraine would be purchasing would be purchased from the United States. Now, are they going to get our, our best weapons, you know, like the ones we left behind in Afghanistan? No. But are they going to, you know, get American uh, Air Force jets? Yeah. Are they going to get American uh, assault rifles, machine guns? Yes. So there's a few billion for the military-industrial complex. Um, also, you know, Ukraine wants to join the European Union. The European Union uh, was going to take natural gas and oil through a pipeline from Russia all the way through Germany. Uh, and anyhow, and Ukraine had a part in that. I think the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which Germany has now shut down, was going to avoid Ukraine and go around Ukraine. So anyways, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline being stopped right now, anyways, hurts Russia a little bit. The United States and Russia, I'm jumping a little ahead here, but... The United States and Russia are in a fight for the power to provide energy to Europe and Germany specifically. Germany found out uh, the Green New Deal doesn't work. Okay, kind of like last year when the wind turbines and the solar panels froze over in Texas and half of Texas was without electricity for like a month. Germany learned that the hard way. So to buy gas and natural gas and oil from Russia was going to be part of their energy plan. Now the United States, if we get our heads out of our asses, can jump the shark, jump over Russia, and get into that European oil and natural gas market if Joe senile ass Biden 
uh, stops being senile for two seconds. Anyhow, let's not go there. I I'm getting way off top being ignorant. So why is Russia worried about NATO? Um, Vladimir Putin is a very paranoid, very conspiratorial person from what I've been reading. Uh, he, he came up through the KGB. You know, he sees the you know, United States constantly in his mind one way or another. Everything is the United States trying to meddle in Russian affairs. He wants to see a return to the glory days of the Soviet Union. Uh, he is 68 years old. So, you know, he's at that age like Joe Biden where the mind starts to play tricks on you. All right. So, and of course, like I said a minute ago, the United States and Russia are in this fight for uh, energy supply to Europe. Who's going to supply the natural gas and the oil to Europe? It doesn't matter, AOC, about your Green New Deal, you dumbass. Or any of you liberals out there. It matters not. The rest of the world runs on oil. It runs on natural gas. It runs on fossil fuels. It's running on coal. If we shut down the United States and throw away all of our fossil fuels, it's barely going to make a lick of difference in the world. In the world. I mean, at, at, literally. as In the world as a whole. Because everyone else is still going to be using diesel, oil, gas, coal. Now, other places are doing things. You know, renewable energies, that's fine. But as a whole, the world is not giving up on fossil fuels. Why not go after the fossil fuel in, uh, industry in other countries? You know, oh, oh, China, 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 China. They've, you know, started to develop some... <laughs> Not a lot, but some, you know, wind turbines and uh, sun, uh, solar panels and things like that. Now, it's a lot of the solar panels they develop, they sell to the United States. But um, even yet, China is sending Chinese people to third world countries to build old-fashioned coal-fired, sulfur-filled coal power plants. So China is not giving up on coal. No place in the world is giving up on natural gas, oil, and coal as sources of energy. So we need to take advantage of this uh, blunder by Putin and get into that Germany Euro market to sell oil, gas, become a net exporter to the European Union. Um, but I think first and foremost, we aside from any neo-Nazis who might be there, we got to help the Ukrainian people um, 
like I said the other day, this is not a video game. This is not a laser-guided smart bomb going down a chimney and blowing up a, a building. It is a laser-guided smart bomb going down the chimney and blowing up a building with people in it. And, uh, of course, a lot of the bombs Russia's dropping are not smart bombs. They're conventional bombs that just blow shit up, including people. And vice versa, you know, this Donbass region I'm just now learning about. The bombs that are being dropped there by the Ukraine are blowing up people. So, God bless y'all. Y'all pray for world peace. I know it's a term that's kind of mocked and made fun of, but we need peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Until next time, this is Big John on Americana, the American way. We'll see y'all.